0: Marion County's mask mandate could end tomorrow when the issue comes before the city county council. We'll hear from local officials, plus more of our interview with Attorney General Todd Rokita on the lawsuit involving the governor's emergency powers. All that plus Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg on the effort to get more people vaccinated, and one on one with Indiana Senator Mike Braun. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Spieler. A big step tomorrow in the path out of this pandemic with the Indianapolis City County Council set to roll back Marion County's mask mandate for those who are fully vaccinated. And if we reach a vaccination level of 50% in the county by the 4th of July, local officials say they'll end that mask mandate altogether, but they say right now we're not there just yet. I know how fatigued everyone is with these restrictions. Uh, And so... I can't encourage enough. Coming forward, getting the vaccine.
1: We still have work to do if we are to reach 50% of our residents vaccinated in Marion County in order to lift all restrictions by July the 4th.
0: Now, again, council meets tomorrow night. They'll also vote on increasing capacity at religious services, bars, sporting events, entertainment venues, and public pools to the levels that you see there on your screen. Meantime, the legal battle continues at the statehouse over the governor's emergency powers. That issue will go before a judge on June 16th. This past week, Kayla Sullivan spoke one-on-one with Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita.
2: Both Indiana's governor and attorney general feel it's their job to settle this dispute.
0: I took an oath uh,
3: to uphold and support the Indiana state constitution. I have a duty to defend all our statutes. As long as there's a good faith reason to do it, and there certainly is here.
2: But A.G. Todd Rakita says the governor's power ended when he vetoed the bill, and Holcomb should not be allowed to bring this to court. That's why he's trying to block the suit.
3: And now, uh, if a citizen of this state or anywhere else can prove that they were injured by this this law, that's the proper venue for a proper approach.
2: However, Holcomb feels it is his responsibility to challenge this law in court. He says the state constitution specifically grants the power to call a special session to the governor. The General Assembly argues it didn't say they couldn't.
4: I've left it to the lawyers to make sure that all the... T's are crossed and I's are dotted on the
2: the fire. Attorney General Todd Rokita shares the same political party with Holcomb, works in the same building, on the same floor, just right down the hall. So how is Rokita's decision to block the governor's lawsuit impacting their relationship?
3: We are not rivals and we work on other issues almost weekly.
2: Rokita publicly expressed support for the General Assembly calling itself into session even before he was elected AG. I asked if that played a role in his actions.
3: My personal belief, you know, is is, as an attorney, and especially as Attorney General, sort of irrelevant. (laughs) It's really, do I have a good faith, do do I have a good faith opportunity to defend a statute? And if I do, I have a duty to do it.
2: Both feel they have a strong case.
3: If I wasn't confident, I wouldn't have filed it. If the court sides with precedent that we've had in this state on a number of cases for decades,
0: I am 100% certain uh, that we will prevail.
2: From the Indiana State House, I'm Kayla Sullivan.
0: All right, our thanks again to Kayla and wishing her all the best out in Oklahoma. This week, we're welcoming our new State House reporter, Kristen Eskow, who spoke one-on-one with Indiana Senator Mike Braun this week. His first interview since the Senate rejected the bipartisan proposal to form a January 6th commission. Braun opposed that commission, but he wasn't there for the vote.
1: You've spoken out against yeah. the way the commission was proposed before it was voted yeah. down. So why skip the vote?
5: So the vote of the ones that were there was not gonna affect the outcome. Uh, And uh, I had a statement that was clear. I was against it uh, in general and um, uh, other uh, situations it required me to do otherwise, and it wasn't gonna make a difference.
1: So you're saying you weren't trying to duck making an official decision on that?
5: No, I was clear with a statement that uh, I thought it was a bad idea. Uh, the way it was crafted, because it originated as being very partisan and then started to morph into something more balanced. And then it took too too long to get done. And the FBI, who we put our faith in and many other things, has been on it from day one.
1: So then do you support Congress forming a 1-6 Commission in any form?
5: Not necessarily. I mean, if uh, leaders of each uh, chamber can choose to do what they want to do, And we've had committees that have already done hearings on it, and I, the biggest independent commission out there, in my opinion, is the FBI.
1: Is there a version of that commission that you would support Congress approving?
5: Not at this point.
1: What about the argument from critics that, you know, it looks like Republicans are just trying to kick the can down the road on this and avoid accountability?
5: Then you'd have to say, what about the argument that it looks like the Democrats are trying to stage it for political purposes? So I think each one of those is going to have merit.
1: also want to ask you about infrastructure. Is there room for compromise on this? Uh,
5: There would be, but uh, not when you expand the definition of infrastructure uh, way beyond what the dictionary politically has ever included. Bridges roads, rail, air, inland waterways, water and sewer, rural broadband. That's way under a trillion dollars, closer to where we are, if not below and then repurpose some of the unspent COVID relief funds that are sitting there not being used.
1: Should public universities be allowed to a require vaccination and b show proof?
5: I'm against vaccine vaccine passports uh, are that kind of uh, heavy-handed approach um, especially from government and when you've got a big institution like uh... i u purdue i think they've got to be careful uh... that's different at least it's coming from something other than government uh... the latitude that you want to give businesses and other entities uh, i think there needs to be some but in general if i were them uh, running any business i'd be real careful about Uh, vaccine passports and uh, taking that approach, especially at this stage of the game.
0: All right, in recent interviews, Senator Braun has declined to comment on his own vaccination status, though he's faced a lot of questions about that. You heard his thoughts there on the situation at IU with the university backing off its plans somewhat. They are still requiring the vaccine, but now they won't require actual proof of vaccination after facing pushback from Republican lawmakers at the statehouse and from Attorney General Rokita. Instead, students will have to fill out a form attesting that they have been vaccinated. There is also an exemption process that will be in place. Meantime, the Biden administration still trying to ramp up vaccinations across the country. Last week, our partners at WGN Chicago spoke with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg.
6: You know, it's been, frankly, very strange for me being responsible for transportation at a moment when so much travel and transportation is restricted. I'm eager to get everybody back on the move safely. And so it turns out that one of the most important ways to do the things we work on every day in the Department of Transportation is to support that public health uh, effort to make sure that people are safe, not only while they're traveling, uh, but in their communities so that more travel can happen. We've seen a lot of progress, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, uh, lives depend on ensuring that we get as many people vaccinated as possible. Uh, We are at 62% of adults at least partially uh, vaccinated, 50% fully vaccinated. But in terms of actually being able to beat back this pandemic, there's actually a huge difference between 60 and 70, let alone getting on toward uh, 100% as we would like to see. People have questions. That's natural. And that's one of the reasons we're trying to make sure there are good resources to get answers vaccines.gov is a great place for information uh, not just on on where you can get vaccinated where there's a site for you to get that free shot that's close to you uh, but also to have your questions answered uh, which uh, uh, again uh, is 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 a natural thing we want to make sure there's good information out there bottom line these vaccines work they are saving lives as we speak and just as importantly they are the key ingredient in us getting back To our lives, getting back to that normal that we have been missing so much over that last year, year and a half. We need to make sure that we beat back any notion that this should be political. Look, I promise you this virus is not Democrat or Republican. It's just deadly. And the vaccine is not Democrat or Republican. It's just a life-saving vaccine uh, that is making an enormous difference. Uh, so we need to get this away from the ideology, away from the online misinformation. Uh, and you know, people should ask someone they trust who has good information. Uh, uh, if you don't feel like hearing a cabinet official urge you to take the vaccine talk to your doctor uh, and and they'll have good information talk to a nurse or qualified medical professional uh, who can uh, help you understand uh, the answers to some of the questions you may have and for those who already believe uh, that that getting everybody vaccinated is as urgent as we know that it is um, uh, think about those who might listen to you sometimes it's it's not uh, a medical professional or a political figure it's it's your um, uh, your, your coach, your teacher, uh, uh, someone in your church uh, who you look up to, if, if you're one of those people, uh, make sure to use your influence to help good, good information out there because it really could save lives.
0: Secretary Brinket James will be on Face the Nation later this morning. Coming up next, you'll hear what local health officials have to say about last weekend's Indy 500, plus former VP Mike Pence saying he may never see eye to eye with Donald Trump on the events of January 6th. So what does that mean for Pence's future aspirations? We'll talk with our panel about all that coming up next. All right, welcome back. Joined now by our panel, Jennifer Wagner, Mike Murphy, Robin Winston, Tony Samuel. Let's start with Jennifer Wagner, former communications director for the Indiana Democrats. The vaccination effort. You applauded IU a couple weeks ago for requiring proof of vaccination. They backed off that a bit this week after pressure from some Republicans at the state house.
7: They did. And I can't say that I blame them. You know, nobody wants to get in the middle of a fight between, you know, the governor, legislature and uh, the attorney general, um, the ongoing fight, I should say, in the Republican Party right now. So I think IU did the right thing initially, uh, but I can't blame them for, for backing off uh, the requirement and making it sort of quasi optional, but really kind of still required.
0: Mike, how much influence did the attorney general and, and GOP legislators have on this topic?
8: I give all the credit, and you won't believe I'm saying this, but I'm saying it. I give all the credit to Representative Jim Lucas, who I've had my differences with, and over the years in policy, but the guy showed some leadership. It was a major smackdown to IU, as far as I'm concerned. And what that does is emboldens Jim Lucas and his band of merry men to take on the next challenge. The reason he, one of the reasons he succeeded, was he was going, at, he was advocating for core individual rights, which I think all Americans are for. Democrats are Republicans.
0: Robin, how, how do you see the politics of this playing out here over the next few weeks and months? And, and and why do we see overall lower vaccination rates here in Indiana than we're seeing in our neighboring states? Well, I think first it's a
9: correlation The states that went for Trump. There are people that just fundamentally don't believe in getting vaccinated. Um, and they've had it from on high. If Donald Trump were to spend one minute and say, I got vaccinated. My wife got vaccinated. You should get vaccinated and drive that home. That would help. I also think it's just individual. I mean, Indiana is kind of an individual um, freedom type state. 11% of the people voted for a libertarian who ran against the mask mandate in the most recent race for governor. That's why I think your numbers are that.
0: President Trump, we should point out, did get vaccinated, but didn't, to your point, uh, have any sort of public event or statement about it. and didn't even acknowledge it for some time. Tony, we're going to see council lifting Indy's mask mandate tomorrow for those who are vaccinated in Indianapolis. Certainly uh, a lot of people felt comfortable getting ahead of that move and going without those masks at IMS last weekend for the Indy 500.
4: Yeah, it's uh, long overdue. I think, you know, the, everybody agreed that masks should be worn, um, but, what we don't like is the uh, intrusion and the uh, d- taking of our, 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 our privacy uh, and personal rights. Uh, and that's with governments, uh, when they get a little power, they go too far, some of them. And, 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 and I, I should point out that it's been Democrat mayors and Democrat governors around the country, and that's happened here as well. Um, everybody can, can make up their minds for themselves and, and they see the common sense in wearing masks. But this uh, costs people's uh, jobs uh, and livelihoods. Small businesses are closed throughout uh, downtown Indianapolis. So glad it's over with. Um, just to Robin's point, I, I'm guessing he doesn't watch Hannity. But uh, I saw President Trump on Hannity the other night talking about uh, getting vaccinated and, uh, and encouraging people to do so. So I know he has made uh, public statements to that effect.
0: There you go. Let's talk about uh, former Vice President Mike Pence now. He, he's moved back to Indiana. He was at the 500 last weekend, but uh, this past week he was in New Hampshire. He's been to South Carolina as well, perhaps laying the groundwork for 2024, looking a couple of years down the road here. But uh, Mike, exactly how, how strong, how viable do you think he, he would be in a Republican primary after everything that's happened here this past year?
8: I still think he's number one, and he's number one until he decides he's not number one anymore. Um, He has the best fundraising networks. He has a universal name ID. He gets media attention, and he does a very good uh, job of walking that fence line between being a Trumpista and uh, appealing to the right of center, what I would call normal Republicans.
0: Uh, Jennifer, what about the comments uh, from the former VP this past week saying that, uh, quote, he may never see eye to eye with President Trump on the on the events of, of January 6th. What did you make of those remarks?
7: Yeah, bizarre. Um, the whole event was bizarre because he's all over the place. I mean, Mike likes to call it, you know, walking the line. I think the risk that you run of trying to be all things to all people, or in this case, all Republicans, is that you wind up being nobody to anyone because you're just you're fluid, you're in the moment, you know, you can't, you can't really embrace what happened on January 6th, but you also are going out there and, and, and spouting some of the same, uh, honestly, lies that came out about the election and, and voter fraud. Um, he's, you know, carrying forward this critical race theory, um, bogeyman that Donald Trump started, honestly, and it's, it's a little bit ridiculous to watch him shape shift and think that he could still be a top contender in 2024. There's a lot of time between now and 2024
0: yeah Yeah, no doubt about that Uh, a lot was made this week too a lot of uh, bizarre troubling comments from the likes of Michael Flynn uh, even the former president reportedly talking to people about uh, the possibility of somehow being uh, reinstated Um, do you think it's comments like that uh, Tony that that have Pence perhaps trying to separate himself somewhat now well, I think if
4: uh, if uh, Vice President Pence wants to run, and I'm guessing that he does want to run in 2024, that there's got to be a point where he does separate. But at that dinner in New Hampshire, he
0: praised President Trump 35 times. He did. Uh, the he did. difference yeah. that, pardon me? He, yeah, he did. He he, mentioned, he went he on to, to mention the policy-related things that, that, that he was proud of. In, in, because they accomplished in so much together. The, the, what we're talking about
4: here as far as their difference on the on, uh, the January 6th episode is that Republicans wanted uh, uh, to hold a 10 day commission to look into uh, certain factors of the election. And that's what the issue was. President Trump was backing that and Vice President Pence didn't think that he could do that and, and had to move forward with, with, you know, the way he saw his constitutional duties. That's the difference that we're talking about that between the two of them right now but you know on the issues they will ride on so many things critical race theory interesting that jennifer brought that up that is not uh you know a boogeyman that that is something that's spreading across the country and it's spreading hatred and division uh and and just uh, a, a lot of falsehoods um and you know you're seeing it here in, in schools in indiana and uh people should really study up on that as I have been. Well, like, and
0: that's maybe a, a whole other topic for a whole other day pe- that people feel very differently about uh, from different perspectives. Uh, R- Robin, uh, how much uh, influence will President Trump have uh, on the midterms? Even if he never runs again uh, for president, uh, how much influence will he have on primaries here in Indiana and elsewhere, including that race for governor and what will likely be a really crowded GOP primary three years from now?
9: Well, I think he'll have impact where he has clout. Where he does not have any clout are in these very competitive House seats that are in Congress. He's not going into the you know the suburbs outside of Philadelphia where they have to pick up seats. He's not going to Northern Virginia where they should have that seat, and they don't. He is not having an impact where the race has to flip and change the balance. So what are they doing? They're counting ballots again in Arizona. They're going to redraw lines because they know they can't win at the polls. And I think that's where Donald Trump is weighing all of his options, but he'll go to nice, safe places and campaign for Jim
0: Banks and people like that. That's easy. We talk about Donald Trump. We talk about Mike Pence. We talk about January 6th. Uh, Mike, what, what did you make of this vote on the January 6th commission? We heard earlier from Senator Mike Braun, who opposed that commission, but but wasn't a- actually there for the vote. What do you make of uh, his remarks on that?
8: Well, I, I think generally speak, I mean, he's certainly entitled to his opinion. He's a U.S. senator and I'm not. So, But... Um, I will, I will say generally that there were, as I recall the number, six courageous U.S. senators in the Senate on the Republican side, and I think there were 35 courageous House members who voted for that commission. How can you have an insurrection that attempts to take over the Capitol and hang the U.S. sitting U.S. vice president and, and not have a commission or some kind of investigation to figure out what the heck yeah. happened there? Um, I think it's um, it's it's sad, and it okay. shows the uh, the still the syncophant nature of uh, many of the congressmen that they are afraid they are afraid to death to okay. to uh, tick off Donald
0: Trump. Well, we've got to leave it there, guys. Thanks. We'll see you in a minute. Coming up this Sunday in Focus: Marion County health officials talking about last weekend's race at IMS, the largest event anywhere in the world since the start of the pandemic. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. One week ago today, our focus was right here at IMS, an historic Indy 500, the largest crowd for a single-day sporting event anywhere in the world since the start of this pandemic. I got really emotional that morning when fans started coming in. It, sort of, it was an emotional
8: day for me because I know how much this place means to our fans. I know how much it means to me. And to
0: see them coming through, for me, just made the day. Finish too, but local health officials say despite the mask mandate in place, they certainly noticed plenty of fans who chose not to wear one.
1: Was mask wearing as prevalent as we wanted it to be? No, but mask wearing was just one layer of the safety protocols we had on Sunday.
0: They say they're not concerned about the likelihood of a super spreading event there from the race. The mandate again set to be rolled back tomorrow for those who are vaccinated in accordance with new CDC guidelines. Stick around, we're back with this week's winners and losers. After this. All right, the panel's back now for this week's winners and losers. Mike, you're up first. One winner,
8: Rick Snyder, the FOP86 chief. He held a compelling nonpartisan uh, news conference on Friday. The most compelling talk about crime I've seen in my lifetime in Indianapolis. Google it. Watch it. Robin?
9: Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They brought the national attention in a positive manner to Indianapolis. Great job, everybody. Great
0: weekend there. Tony?
4: Attorney General Todd Rokita and the legislators, including Rep. Jim Lucas, for taking on IU and holding their feet to the fire against the vaccine mandate that they're trying to do. Jennifer.
7: Hey, my winners are everybody who actually has yet to be vaccinated and now gets to go out and get all kinds of great giveaways uh, and fun stuff when they're getting vaccinated. And my losers are the rest of us who went ahead and got vaccinated early on and just got like some lousy sticker for our computers. Seriously, they like, go out there and get vaccinated, y'all.
0: All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll have much more again next Sunday in Focus.